The Money Podcast with your hosts, Justin Harrison and David Bester. Money, 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 money. Let's talk about money. Today, we are joined by a media icon, an award-winning presenter with more than two decades on the airwaves. She's a crossover media artist, an actress, a master of ceremonies, an avid golfer, mother of two. She dabbles in winemaking and is also a pioneer in podcasting here in South Africa. And she also has a podcast called Boardroom Besties, which is officially one of my favorite podcasts here in South Africa that I personally listen to and love. Ilana Africa, welcome to the Money Podcast. As you said that, I became really terrified because I listened to the Money Podcast and between you and Darby, I'm, immediately I go, does a broker make you broke? So thank you, thank you for having me on, on this platform. I seldom get interviewed and so I'm totally out of my comfort zone uh, this time of the morning from where I am. I'm on holiday and so it's an honor to be speaking to you guys to start my day. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here. So, Lana, I want to ask you the, f- the first thing that I think for anybody who's been living under a rock and doesn't know Ilana Africa's story, sum up your career for us quickly. What has been the single most important lesson out of your career to date and how would you sum up your career? So the first thing I want to say is being in media, uh, I don't know if it's the same in any other industry, but in entertainment, I always say to people, forget anything that you've ever read about me because it's not true. It's someone else's interpretation and story about us. And so uh, I'll lead it in with something that happened to me recently. I went to a function and it was a ladies function. And as I arrived there in my best Louboutin, all dressed up, ready to be inspired, she picks up my lanyard that's hanging against my chest and she says to me, oh, you're Ilana Africa. I know exactly who you are. And she flips my lanyard and it lands again on my chest. And for some reason, when she saw my name, she reckoned she knew who I was. Mm. And so I think at age 42, I'm still figuring out who I am. But 23 years in, I started out as a performer after I studied at Stellenbosch University. The university often asks me to endorse my involvement as a student. Uh, The only reason I don't do it is because I am a mixed colored chick from Ravensmead and my parents worked very hard to keep me in university and paid for it. So Mm. I always feel that if I'm an ambassador for change, uh, I should do it to individuals and not necessarily for an organization because I paid my way to Mm. be there. After university, I was headhunted by CapeNet and MNet, and I left the beautiful Cape Town to go and pursue a career in, in media, and I, they threw me in the deep end. I became a CapeNet presenter as well as an MNet Africa presenter, so I presented into most of North Africa. And then the radio bug bit when I needed more rent money. It was a coincidence. The same year when I landed in Johannesburg, knocked on the doors of the then Jacaranda FM in Samrand. And I said to them, hey, I need more money, so um, I need a radio show. And the crazy Peter DeNobrega, who I'm still friendly with, said, okay. And at age 20, with no radio experience, I worked into a a commercial radio station and started my first show from 4 to 6 a.m. And that was the start of... I think a very lucrative, thank God, entertainment career and something that changed my life. And so that's just a summary of my career. I still have both my parents uh, where I am in Cape Town at the moment. I'm making a lot of time for them. 
I'll get to do charity today for one of their friends who's not feeling well. So that's my day today. I'm moving a house again today because I've got more than one property. So we are taking some of the things that's there out of the house. So I, I think I am really lucky, but inside my heart, I'm very happy. I'm also very tired. <laughs> and and what is life. what is the biggest lesson out of this? I mean, you've, it's a journey that most people probably can't relate to. I mean, it's uh, oh. it's got its twists and turns. But what is the Justin. big lesson you've taken out of it? I don't know if there's a lesson. Hey, I think I think I'm so in the moment that the lesson is that that your life will look different to everyone else's and just enjoy every moment and mm. that you can't compare yourself to anybody because you're so different. And if you compare yourself to anybody else, your life will just look really boring and shit. So just enjoy who you are. Embrace the madness, right? Embrace the madness, the now, and all the people who love and dig you, hey? Because mm. who cares if the rest don't understand who you are, what you do, and where you're going? So you mentioned that you left TV and then you went to radio because you wanted more money for rent, right? Definitely. But I want I want to take you back. What was your earliest memory of wanting to create wealth? And was wealth and money something you had always focused on or not? So it's interesting, Darby. My dad is an accountant, so I was always very aware of how to save. Uh, I think one of the earliest lessons I learned when I was about 12, and I said to my dad, I want a topi. I used to call it a topi because I figured early in life that I could team up different type of shirts with my jeans. So every time I went to like my social gatherings as a, a high school student, I was 12 in, in standard six or in grade eight. And I would say to him, I just need a topi, I just need a topi. And my dad said to me as an accountant, he said to me, you want a topi, topi, topi? Promise me one thing, he said. And I was like, what? He says, never spend money you don't have. Mm. And I was like, oh, but I don't have money for a topi. And he says, then wear the old one. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> That's brilliant. What? Yeah. And so my earliest memories has always been the involvement of dad using numbers to explain stuff to me. It's always been also the way to control something. I'll never forget my earliest memory of dad helping me with maths was always don't cry. And I never understood why he said that. But crying or emotion to money was a distraction. So I had to be very grounded before I went to dad with my maths homework because there wasn't a time to mix the two. I had to be focused, start and finish. And even with his accounts, I remember when he was doing auditing for some of the people that he did charity and good work to, he would look at the school's books or the senior citizens in the church or even the church's books. He would explain to me how the ledger works and I would have to use the green pen and make right marks next to them to understand how it worked. So it was fun for me. Numbers and maths were fun, but it was also something that I understood. You have to be level-headed. You can't be emotional when you get to it. And I say that because obviously I have been emotional about money before, but early lessons was definitely instilled by my dad, who I still have in my life. I love him very much. He's one of my best friends. And um, getting to my career, when I took on radio, I knew that I'm going to have to work a little bit harder than most people. So even though I still had my TV gig, I did radio as well. And I was always looking for more. Interestingly enough, it was never around wealth. It was around enjoyment and keeping busy. Contrary to belief, I'm not a people's person. I am actually really shy. And usually when people experience my arrogance, it's because I'm confident. But I'm very socially awkward. I don't naturally 
become bubbly with strangers and I have to condition myself usually to put on the persona of Elana Africa Bread and Become because I know that that's what they expect from me. Mm. I like siding with you guys because you podcast nerds and Justin, I know, you know, but I don't naturally, I'm not naturally an extrovert. So mm. I do function better alone, isolated with numbers and keeping busy. We can relate on a lot of things there. So, <laughs> so, so many levels. I mean, you know, I've always said I feel like a square pig in a round hole my whole yeah. life. And uh, I think there's a lot of lot of similarities with a lot of people we've interviewed, and we've interviewed some incredible people this isn't, season. Isn't it funny? She's the third one now who had uh, like a father figure who was an accountant, where they actually brought the child in and started teaching the child. You know that shows you how important it is for the parents to teach children at a young age when it comes to money, not to be emotion emotional when it comes to money, and also how to work with it. Uh, just the basic building blocks, you know. No, absolutely. Well, Davi, um, Elon and I have spoken on her Baby Brunch podcast about, you know, the importance of language around children. And, yeah, I was you know, listening for, to that one. For anybody who hasn't listened to the podcast, please go and check it out. Um, we did a whole discussion around the importance of language around kids, and I think it's, it's very, very important. So listen, Elana, you know, everybody talks about their successes. Everybody talks about the great stuff. But I want to ask you something. What's the biggest mistake you've ever made with money? Believe it or not... I'm really good with money. Like really, really good with money. I've made two mistakes. The one was with a guy called Gerrit. He still owes me 4,000 Rand. This was 19 years ago. Okay, I want my money. Believe it or not, I'm so good with money that nobody, even as I'm sitting here on holiday, owes me money. Because I will ask for it. Because I deserve it. Because I worked for it and I work hard for it. To give you an idea of how I respect money, I did a gig last week and it was set up by my management and it was really fun to be there and I learned a lot and you know, 22 years in the game of emceeing, I am the best and I enjoyed every moment of it. Mm. And then afterwards I said to my client, you know what, I did so little at this event, I don't think I'm gonna charge you for it, I'm gonna give it back. And that for me felt right because I do so much work for them that at this particular event, I didn't think that I needed to take more from her. And I gave it back. And that made me feel good. But I want my 4,000 Rand to be listening to this podcast. That was the first mistake. I should have asked him at the time. I didn't have the confidence and I didn't have the support team that I have at the moment. The other mistake I made with money was dad and I were sparring with the idea of uh, buying my first car. So the first car I drove, <laughs> it's actually a funny story. I left Joburg, uh, Cape Town. So now I was, I was 20, I got headhunted and I needed a driver's license. Because I was so busy performing, I never got a license. So dad and I had this idea that I was gonna take eight driving lessons with Mr. Krill. It cost me 54 Rand the lesson and I was gonna pass my driver's license on the eighth lesson. Okay, six lessons in, I could park. By the eighth lesson, he took me onto the road and I could drive. Okay, then I went and I passed my, my driver's license, never been on a highway. <laughs> and dad said to me, okay, you're gonna go to Joburg, you've got your license, and he gave me an Opal. That Opal, ooh, I could change plugs on a car. That's what it taught me because it never worked. Anyway, so there I went with my Opal and dad and I decided we're gonna buy a car together. He put it in his name because the insurance was less at the time. I was still 21 and we bought a Conquest, Toyota Conquest, which is still in the family today. Wow. Bought the Toyota Conquest 
And a year in, I said to him, listen, I'm becoming really famous now, okay? I'm now on TV, I'm on radio, I need a car that looks the part. So dad and I said, okay, well then I'm taking you off my, my, off the nipple. Dad said to me, go get your own car, make your own deal. Yet I, I wish he stayed in my life just for that deal. Because I went to Peugeot and I sat, I'll never forget, I walked in and I sat on the staircase and someone came past and they said to me, why are you sitting here? Do you need food? And I said, no, I have food. And I was eating a sandwich. That's how much time I had. <laughs> Sitting outside Persia, eating a sandwich because I was about to buy my first car. Okay. Finished my sandwich that I packed. <laughs> then went into the dealership and I bought a car and put down. Now, we're talking here. I was 23 at the time. So it's 19 years ago. I put down 80,000 Rand cash on a car. The car at that time was 180,000 Rand. I put down 80,000 Rand cash. I drove it for two weeks and it broke. It broke. Oh, Worst no. money decision of my life. And then I couldn't get them to fix it. Then the, the seat broke. And I thought to myself, I just out of my money market took 80,000 Rand. Now, by then I had property already. I bought my first property. But I looked at this and I thought to myself, I could have used that money for the property and just stuck with my older car, you know, which worked, which works until today. But I put on all that cash and that was the biggest money mistake I've ever made. And it was so painful, right, that I never made the same mistake ever again. The only other glitch I've made that I thought I should have second guessed it was I once bought a property in Randburg and then I wanted another one in the same estate and I never checked the value of the, the one I was buying for what it was in terms of market. I, I just bought it and I think she oversold me in the property but I got my money back eventually eventually like years later yeah so coming so, back to that car purchase quickly what <clears throat> lesson did you take from that that money can be painful if you spend it incorrectly that just because you have it available doesn't mean you need to invest it into your dreams that just because it's there you need to wait and ask people first and here's my lesson with money and with any business idea that i have i usually ask the person who's jealous of me most i'll go hey what do you think i should do and they'll normally say to me no you shouldn't do it and then i know that i should <laughs> so, also i should have maybe asked dad and i'm sure he said to me don't do it and then i went and i did it anyway um also 80,000 rand then was a lot of money right and mm. i I could have I could have put it away yeah there's a lot of lessons I learned from that I have one more mistake with money that I want to share I've never told anyone this are you ready for it I'm waiting Go. I think young women should be careful of the relationships that we take on I have an mm. amazing husband who supports me and he dreams with me and we do everything together. I have a mother-in-law that was here last night. We could have a glass of wine together. She is my best, 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 best friend. The two relationships that I had before that, serious ones, where I thought this was it, I mm. realized when we sat down and made the calculations that I lost a lot of money on partnerships, the wrong mm. ones. Mm, and mm, so be mm. careful who you spend money money on especially if you're the breadwinner or you are the money mm. in the relationship i have spent a lot of money on on two exes that were in my life they weren't even in mm. the media or known or anything like that but they were broke as poor 
And because mm. they were relying on me, we're talking a lot of money. I've lost a lot of money on the wrong relationships. And so I'm saying this not because I have remorse or I'm bitter. It's not an emotion mm. I hang on to. I'm saying it because mm. you could save yourself a lot of money if you invest mm. in the right things and people. You don't have to pay for mm. everything. Yes, Elana, I've got, I've got Hunar Fleiss because, uh, you know, life teaches you lessons. I've been through a previous marriage and uh, you learn a lot about yourself and about people going through these, ex these experiences. And the one thing I always say to people, and it's something I'm personally passionate about, I wrote a book called Marriage and Money. And a lot of people read the book and thought it, it was purely from a male perspective. But what I was talking about is the person who is the dominant one in terms of financial independence needs to guard against that financial independence. And the ideal relationships are where two people are financially independent. And I think it's very important, especially for women, and I say this especially for women, never give up your independence to a man. Maintain financial independence. It's super important. But equally so for the financial the financially strong partner, you need to make sure that you guard against your finances because things end. Make no bones about it, things happen in life and things end. And at the end of the day, as much as people don't like to hear this, marriage is a contract. And the reason you and I first started chatting is that interview we did on Jacaranda. And I, I said to you that my wife and I signed a divorce agreement before we got married. Whilst we're still rationally minded, whilst there is no animosity, and you get to see who the person is that you're marrying for real before you actually make those decisions. And I think what you just said is probably the most salient, logical advice I've heard in a very long time. Wow, thanks. Well, I had to okay. go through it in order to, I guess, teach it to someone who's listening to this podcast right now. True. Well, if the guys from PJ are listening to this podcast, Ilana needs a new car to restore your, to restore no, your no, brand. No, 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 no. Ilana is a Mercedes lady now. And uh, Peugeot, sorry for you, but uh, there's a reason why we don't buy Peugeots. There's a reason why I'm anti-Peugeot. And yes, Mercedes Benz all the way. Yeah. Luckily, this podcast is unfiltered. So I want to know. <laughs> the best or nothing, man. <laughs> exactly. I want to say one more thing to, to what yes, both of you yes. have said. There was a long time in my life where I did, um, I did studies in Jewish philosophy, like Hebrew, the, the teachers and the uh, teachings, and, and one of my best friends is a rabbi. And early in life, he, he said to me, Elana, you'll know people's character by two things. And I said to him, by what? And he said to me, by their money, by the way they use their purse, all right, and by mm. alcohol. If you want to know your mm. best friend, let him come to your house and get him poop drunk. He will tell you things about himself and you that will either keep your friendship or you'll never want to hang with him again. Okay? And the same with money, hey? Like, you'll get to know your partnerships and your friends by how they spend their purse. So their entire purse, their money. And so that was a, I think that was a big lesson for me too. So people say, don't judge. It's funny. I won't judge your color, your religion, but I will judge yep. your values and how you consume your alcohol and how you spend your purse. Amen. Davi, maybe you should tell the story. Yeah, I'm having a good chuckle here. You know, so, so when Justin and I got started in business, Justin came back from the States and he decided he wanted to get a bunch of like internet marketers together. We're going to create a company and we're going to um, perform as one. But in order for him to, to judge the characters, we all went away on these trips, you know, Mozambique, et cetera, et cetera. And then everyone would get horribly drunk, mm -hmm. except for him. <laughs> and that was his way up. 
of judging the character. So I think after like a uh, hundred or so people, I think we only ended up, we are now four people. So we're four people after a hundred. But I, I used to drink water and I used to, I used to sit in the corner and I used to see what these people are made of. I used to see the unfiltered version. And uh, I've always said, show me how you spend your time. Show me how you spend your money. And I'll tell you what's truly important to you. Mm. Yeah. So listen, Ilana, you are obviously very good at money. So I want to know what's your best decision you've made with money. Wow. This is, can I tell you how liberating it is talking about money? Because I enjoy, I have these conversations with dad. So, you know, he's my best friend. It feels like he's in the room. Uh, I'll see him just now. The best decisions that I've made around money was to have a savings culture. Recently, I actually did one of those tests online. And uh, I realized that I'm actually really snoop. As much as I love spending money, I'm actually a hoarder when it comes to money. I don't like giving it out or spending it. My, my attitude towards money is also this, that when I earn or draw a salary from my business, you will not see me in the shops. I don't immediately go online or it doesn't bug or bother me. You know, there's many other things that bother me. Like if you, if I think of today, I'm very present. I'm sitting and I'm having a conversation. I've got my coffee and I can see um, beautiful clouds and sunshine. I don't think about money or things outside my now. The best decision that I made with money was early in life when I had my first 20,000, um, I opened a money market account. The other good decision I think I made was I surrounded myself with the right bank and investors. Uh, I walked into this one particular bank and I said to the lady, hey, I've got 50,000 rand. I think I want to invest it. And she said, oh, my baby, you know, and I went, hmm? She mm. called me baby. Mm. And, then, <laughs> and then I took my money market away. <laughs> Good for you. Elsewhere. And, Good for you. And then I found a, a really cool, I enjoyed his energy, and he said to me, open three endowments at the time, and I did. And that set me up for my first deposit for, for a house. I bought my first house when I was... I think I was 21 at the time, 42 now, I bought my first house. And then, shame, through a relationship, uh, the one particular person that I went into agreement with, he um, demanded half of it. So uh, the house's value at the time was about 350,000. Uh, I gave him half and he spent his half immediately. I kept my house and uh, 10 years later, I sold it for 1.2 million rand. So that was my Beautiful. sweet spot right there. The other great and best decisions I made about money was I decided that every three years I'll sit on my own midlife crisis and every three years so far I've obtained a, a property uh, or either sold one. So my midlife at 42 looks a little bit different to everybody else's. Every three years I say to myself, okay, so I've got a little bit of cash available. What are we going to do next? And as much as I do charity, I also take good care of my family and I obtain another property. And the house I'm sitting in at the moment uh, was one of those decisions. So, Lana, when the crap's hitting the fan, and let's be honest, uh, it happens. What motivates Ilana? What gets Ilana out of, out of bed when things are tough? My kids, because no one is going to make Witabix other than me. <laughs> To get the day started but I'll tell you this much that something happened yesterday where um, 
you know, we as business owners, we have a lot of ideas and things and we pay our own support teams. It's not like I have my radio station supporting my team or or my parents. Mm. You know, I don't come from money. Um, mm. And so I've got a team that I that is dedicated to me. And I had an idea and this idea has uh, motivated someone else to do the same. And I saw it online yesterday and two, I had two emotions. The one was, oh, wow, I, I inspired someone. And the other idea that I had was, um, the other emotion that I had was, oh, no, now I need to think of a new idea, you know. And so mm. this morning I had two decisions. I could get up and be an inspiration to someone or I could get mm. up and sell everything. Mm. Both sounds equally amazing <laughs> because because yeah, I could easily just get up and and make wine for a living and take care of my kids you know but I decided to get up and to inspire someone and so I do believe that we are all Justin you and Darby and the work that you do and the work that I get to do I do believe that we are put on this earth to inspire someone to help mm. someone and to to help ourselves and to help our families my little girl asked me this morning Mommy, my friend said the world is ending next year. And I said to her, this, is, this actually happened, and I said to her, what do you think? And she said to me, and she replied at age seven, she said, I don't think we decide, I think God decides. And I said to her, yeah, God decides. Mm. I said, so what are you going to do today? And she said, not worry about the world ending. And I said, exactly. So I was Beautiful. just trying to focus to her that the moment is what is important. And what gets me up mm. is that the motivation of a seven-year-old, the wise words of my five-year-old, the fact that I'm loved, the fact that I can go to one of my properties today and help my daddy move. Mm. I have got great parents. My mother-in-law is at a quilting expo. I'm going to go and watch her do a thing. It's the little things in life that makes me feel like I need to get up and do it again. I have an immense sense of gratitude and money is mm. not part of it. It's the, it's the little things that makes me feel that I'm lucky and that I need to go and enjoy it. Uh, I want to go to the farm today and have a glass of wine. <laughs> I got a car, which is parked in the, it's not mine, um, but Mercedes-Benz gave me the C-Class. It's got the most beautiful interior, the all-new C-Class. I just want to drive today for an hour and experience a beautiful mm. car that I'll give back at the end of the week. You know, there's so many things around us that's beautiful. I'm, I'm planting a veggie garden mm. today. I wish I could show you guys. I, I bought only three patches of veggies. The others, my friends donated. My friend donated me onions that she's been trying to grow in water for the past month. She didn't kill them. Thank God, Roxanne. So I am planting onions today, coriander, um, and yo, I wish I could show you my garden. I'll take a picture for you and, and some video of my garden. And so I'll spend some time in there. So that's, that's what gets me up. And none of it was work. <laughs> I, I will work today as well, but that is not what got me up today. Um, yeah, you know, I think that's brilliant advice. You know, if I relate back to that story you just told us about the, about your daughter and how she's not going to care about the world coming to an end anymore, um, I think that can relate back to people in South Africa and reading all the news headlines because mm. most people, depending on the frame of mind they are in, believe that, well, South Africa is now coming to an end, like seriously. Yeah. But if you think about it, for the last 20 years, every single day South Africa has been coming to an end, right? 
You know, Davi, I'm so inspired by our interesting, and, and my audience knows this, I love them immensely. All the, the people that listen to my radio show, I have such a love for them because there's two feelings that they feel. Sometimes they feel they want to give and donate to the world, and then the next day they go, oh, we don't like this country, we want to leave. And I'm going, don't leave, we need you here, you know. South Africa is not coming to an end. I remember, I was asked in an interview at age 25, do you think Afrikaans is going to die? And I was like, no, <laughs> Afrikaans, Afrikaans Oh, that's another thing. I, I forgot about yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, but now it's almost 20 years later, right? In Ekenya, it's not still Afrikaans. Like, it didn't die. We're still speaking. And the Afrikaans means it's not still the same. It's Afrikaans, yeah. And our grapjes klink not still the same. You know, so I, I said to them, no, relax, it's not going to die. And no one believed me. And here we are 20 years later. And guys, we're fine. So I think news is hard and people who are affected by crime, I could... So for empathy for all of us, you know, it is a terrible thing where we find ourselves when we are affected by it. And I really pray for our country. But while it's not affecting you, pray for others, support them, but also live a life where you can just bring the lighter side of things into it and enjoy. You know, we've forgotten how to have fun. I looked at one of my family members the other day and I said, you are not fun anymore. And she was very offended because it was true. She forgot how to have a sense of fun because she is just so worried about things, you know. I'm also worried, but I need to park my worries sometimes to to also just have fun, you know, and then I can worry later. Yes. Today I'll worry at eight o'clock. I can't have time for worry today. <laughs> I've got I a lot say of it's sunshine. Such a stupid thing. It's yeah. such a stupid thing to do, you know. There's there's one of two possibilities. You can either do something about it or you can't do something about it. So if you can't do something about it, what's the point of worrying about it? Go yeah. find something that you can actually, a situation that you actually can control and focus on that instead of focusing your time on shit you can't control at all. I know that we live in a difficult world where we don't have money and that's why I do charity. We live in a difficult world where people don't have happiness, where people are unable to have children, where people are unable to wake up with a smile. I speak about mental health all the time. I speak about people that are unable to get out of bed. It's not everyone that feels inspired. Sometimes our kindness mm -hmm. is dead. Sometimes we don't want to smile or do. I also had that feeling last night for five minutes because I said to myself, this feeling needs to end now because, you know, life needs to go on. So today I am going to yeah. my worry, you know, because I have other things to do. I've got two kiddies relying on me to have fun. We are going to plant a veggie garden. I'm not even kidding about that because for me, it is about all the other things that in this money podcast that money can't buy. Maybe money is one of the things that makes the world go around, which is wonderful. And maybe all the other things you need to find and you need to ask yourself, what will it be? What will the other things be that makes my world go round while I'm still working on my wealth and, and on my money? Yeah. No, I agree. Like we say a lot in this podcast, like money is important because without money, you're pretty miserable and you usually project that onto your family if you are miserable, right? So yes, that is important, but it's not everything, you know? If you only have money, but you're deteriorating your health, you're um, neglecting your relationships, then that's obviously also an issue and you're not going to enjoy life because like you said, there are more things to life than just that. However, that is also important. But I want to come back to you personally. You've had a lot of success in your career, of course, and you have, um, you're rubbing shoulders with a lot of um, successful people. So in your observation of others, what is the most important skill set people should have in order to obtain money? I think the most important skill set that people need with money is awareness. I think 
the most important skill set you need to have is responsibility. What I notice from people who I rub shoulders with is, first of all, none of them are famous. I don't think I have any famous friends <laughs> because, because I'm shy and I live my life very um, uh, alone with my family. But the people that I do rub shoulders with, I learn a lot of lessons from them because they are millionaires and billionaires because of focus. They have one focus. They are either grocery owners, grocers, or they have an interest in chairs and they will make one chair and export it and make lots of money mm. from the one chair. They have a lot of focus. They have a lot of responsibility. And here's the other thing. Even though we all like a really good handbag, they don't really care about the name brands and all the things that most of us like from Instagram. They live fairly simple lives. They eat anchovies for breakfast and have fish for dinner. <laughs> all the things you see on Instagram of people pouring champagne. I don't know. Maybe it lives on Instagram. Uh, but I don't see them living their lives like that. No. No, I agree. I, I remember that story about Bill Gates and Warren Buffett having lunch. And I think it was with Bill Gates' dad. And he asked them, listen here, what is the most important thing you guys have learned um, in your observation when it comes to making money? And both of them said the same thing at exactly the same time. Focus. Focus. And those are the two people that will probably eat a hamburger for lunch. And it will be the only mm. burger that they eat that week, you know. Um, yeah, so Warren Buffett is famous for that. <laughs> <laughs> you see, so um, I think we complicate things, Davi. Um, I think if, you, if you're going to obtain money, what are you going to do with it? You know, mm, um, mm, mm. I, I, I love my family and I said last night, you're not going to have another dolly just because you want one. So maybe today we're going to plant plants. We're not going to get another dolly. And mama's gonna go do charity so today is not a day for making money in this house today is a day for making change <laughs> you know it's funny you talk about planting plants when we were interviewing um michael Jordan, he was saying his number one piece of financial advice to everybody plant vegetables and uh, it's a metaphor because that's really what life is about it's about planting seeds it's about taking the time to grow things it's about taking time to enjoy the process it's about taking time to you know live through the experience and I think that is something that we miss in trying to attain wealth you know we all want the outcome but we don't want to put in the work and sometimes the joy is in the work right it comes with a lot of responsibility if I think of my own goal set that I've set for myself you know I get itchy feet every three years like I mentioned and even when you mm. have a property people are always like oh wow you've got property and you go no but I also have maintenance you know and geezers break and levies go up mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and do I want a tenant? No. People complain about the grass being too long. And yeah. I've got yep. a neighbor the other day. We did yep. landscaping here in Cape Town and we weren't home and the landscaper was on site. So she said, no, they did like a look. They were busy cutting one of the, the, the bottle brush trees. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we phoned the, the landscaper and said, cut everything except for the bottle brush tree. Right. We yep. arrived at the house on Sunday. The landscaper got paid. He left. He has done nothing. There's half a bottle brush tree. You know? 
So properties come with a lot of maintenance and so does anything you wish for. If you dream of being a CEO or having the responsibility of money, what will you do with it when you have it? You know, when you're a CEO, you can wish for it. So then you become CEO, but then you need to stay the CEO. So you need to work. <laughs> you can't just say, I want to be the CEO. Yeah, it's going to be very nice, but then you have to work even harder. If you say you want money, okay, so then you'll have the money. Then what are you going to do with it? How will you keep having exactly. that? Exactly. Yeah, there's something you have to sacrifice for it. Yeah. So, Ilana, tell me, if you had to lose everything tomorrow, if you lost everything, everything, the properties, the money, the contacts, let's assume you still had your knowledge, you still had your experience, but you lost every single contact you had and you had to go start again, where would your starting point be? Uh, my starting point will be where I find love. I will phone my dad and my mom. My mom, when, she, when we were small, she had a, a brain accident. I was five. So her viewpoint on life looks different to all of ours. When I had heartbreak mm. from a boyfriend, I would phone my mom and she would go, it's exciting. And I would go, what? <laughs> You're crazy. It's not exciting. And she would go, it's like a soapy. And I would be like, this is not a soapy. This is my life. Yeah, and she would go, fine. then become <laughs> courageous. And I would be like, she is properly cooked, you know? But because her it. viewpoint is not normal, it's exciting mm. to always ask her opinion about stuff because she sees a different side of life than what we do, right? Mm. And mm. if I had to start over and lose everything, I'd phone mom and dad first. And then I would go where mm. uh, my bucket list will take me to this. I love horses and it's a new love. And I'd probably go live on a farm and become a hobbyist. I would nurture and farm and feed the horses and ask someone to put my children through school. And that's what I would do. I don't know if I would want to work as hard as I do at the moment. That's interesting. 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 Yeah, and I, I think next time we should bring your father on the podcast as well. My dad would love I was just going to say, I'd lo I would love to interview Lana's dad. You know, I've been, He's so cute. Uh, Wimheni, yeah. we please tell Wimheni that Justin would love to have a sit down with him and have a chat because I've been following your Instagram post for a while and I know that you've got a deep love for your father and you know I've got an immense amount of respect for you and that is a product of where you've come from so you know I need to meet the man behind behind the You'd woman. Love him. Tomorrow I'm going ballroom dancing with him. He's he's made an appointment for us to go ballroom dancing at an event. It's their fiftieth wedding anniversary. So I'm dad's dance partner wow. tomorrow. So I can't wait for that. He, he would love to see you guys. Yeah. So Elada, I want to know, what is your number one financial advice or piece of financial advice that you can give South Africans at the moment? Oh, wow. Don't make more debt, hey? It's, it's not good for you. Um, December uh, is always a time, and Justin and I have had many conversations around this, where we say stop spending money on your children, you know, and mm. just be careful. Always, South Africa, imagine that your last salary is in November and that your next salary will be in February. It will give you a sense of responsibility yeah. to, towards money and the festive season um, and to not overspend. Uh, start looking at how you can save, buy, and forgive me if this offends you, but I look at our way of eating, right, and the amount of money we spend mm. on food um, and waste just being conservative around that will help you to, to make a start. But please don't make more debt. Um, I think it will help you to not make more debt. I call and it the currency of slaves. 
Yeah. <laughs> and if you if you want to make debt, if you're a young person and you really want to make debt, Dustin in, and Darby's going to shoot me for saying this, um, don't make debt for clothes or food, but make debt for a holiday, an experience. Yeah. But try and pay it off before you actually go on to on the holiday. So buy the tickets and everything else and then make make it your aim to pay everything off before you go on holiday and then enjoy your holiday. Guys, this is not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> Take it where it comes from. This is not financial advice. It's not, but it's now so much now fun. you know you know, Ilana. I always say, you know, women treat a budget like it's a target. Yep. You've just uh, confirmed this for me sometimes, even the most logically minded woman. Um, you know, we normally end off this podcast by asking our guests for final words of inspiration for South Africa. But I'm not going to ask you that, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I think you uh, live as an inspiration for South Africans. And, uh, you know, it's not very often I'm deeply affected by somebody that I meet. I think we've had instant chemistry from the very first moment we've spoken. And I think there's a reason behind that. I think people who come from a certain place resonate with each other. We've come from... I think equally hard hard times and hardship and life shapes us and I think we realize intrinsically that uh, the stuff that we are doing is so much bigger than us and you know we are here to inspire South Africans through our actions we're here to inspire South Africans through the stuff we talk about Mm -hmm. and you are probably one of the most inspirational people I've met I I love your bubbly nature I listen to all your content I listen to both your podcasts actually uh, and I encourage everybody to go and check it out. Wherever I can, I listen to uh, to your to your radio shows and your and your and the talks that you give. And you truly are an example, you know. And I think something we talk about very often on on the podcast is we talk about how intent with money is very important. And you know, if you are in a position, whether you have a lot or a little, you must have some kind of intent to help other people. And you certainly live that as an example. And you are a huge inspiration, not just to women, but to everybody. And I think, you know, you've had a career that has been built on crossing over to many facets in many different media sources. And you're one of the the unique people in your spaces because I think you translate across different mediums for one specific reason. And that reason is that you've got heart. And I think if South Africa can take that from you, and it's at a time when South Africa needs it desperately, we need heart in this country now more than ever. If you have a little bit to give, give. If you don't have to give, give of your time. But this country needs you. This country needs people to smile. This country needs people to motivate. Uh, We need to start producing stuff that we sell to the rest of the world. We need to become the beacon of hope, the small group of us that start leading this cause. And, you know, when Darwin and I set out on this podcast, we said if we can just affect five people, if we can just make a change to five people's lives. And I think if everybody goes out there and does that, you'll be surprised at what you can achieve. Um, and I think looking at you, I certainly look at you as a huge source of inspiration. I've never told you this, uh, but whenever I do a podcast, I think, what would Ilana do? And I take, a lot of, I take a lot of lessons from what you've done. We're completely new to media, so I use you as a, as a huge source of learning. And I think this is what people should do. They look up to people who've got more experience to them in certain areas, gain the knowledge, use the experience, and move forward. So Ilana, it has been a true pleasure to have you on the podcast, and I hope that uh, our paths are going to cross a lot more in the future. This is probably the best way to start my day. I am gobsmacked at the confirmations that I'm getting through your voice. Um, I say that because when I ask for questions from God in the universe, I say, give me a deliberate answer. 
and you have no idea how your voice is a confirmation to a lot of questions that I have in life and so may you and Darby really live your purpose which you are doing you are inspiring us you're asking all the right questions and being new to media is not even anything to measure your talent by you've got knowledge and it is wonderful to know both of you and particularly you Justin and please inspire many other people and let us into your home and your brain even more so that we can raise wholesome children through good values and through good financial decisions please God thank you Elona <laughs> you've been listening to the money podcast to get access to our future episodes please subscribe to our podcast via your podcast app and be sure to check out our YouTube channel Global Money Academy Global Money Academy